Hello out there, Foxes fans, and welcome back to another edition of the Abdul Fatawu Fan Club, a.k.a. the U.S. Foxes podcast, coming to you live from various time zones around the United States. I, as always, am your host, Matt Folks, up here in San Diego, California. Uh, joined this evening by two of my wonderful co-hosts, starting out on the East Coast, representing the New York Foxes, who had an incredible turnout today. Uh, for a Wednesday match against Millwall. Mr. Jason Becker, what's up, man? Hey, everyone. You are hearing the voice of a of a fellow as serious FOMO. I could not make it down to the factory today. It looked like an awesome turnout, um, but I'm glad my man, you know, Craig held it down. Charlotte held it down uh, for the regular crew, and we had some, some, some really awesome visitors. Uh, one of our, our favorite foxes from California was in town. We got some great folks in from from Leicester as well. So, um, yeah, wish I were down there today. It looked like it looked like a great time, but luckily I was able to watch the game. Yeah, shout out to that gang uh, showing up on a Wednesday uh, down there. It's what a great place to be. And yeah, it was awesome to be scrolled through there and see uh, our boy Danny Desi uh, <laughs> in fair. hanging out with the New York Foxes. Uh, if you've come to any of the Premier League morning live events around the country, you can always see. Uh, him and his wonderful hair, uh, making all our hair look terrible uh, in the group. So it was good to see Danny. Also joined this evening by my boy up north in Del Mar, California, Mr. Chris Warner. How are you, bud? Yeah, I'm doing all right, buddy. I always stand way away from him because of I've got no hair. So it always <laughs> makes it. <laughs> I'm always in a sense of envy every time. But no, I'm doing all right, mate. Um, happy holidays to you, Jason or um, everyone listening to the podcast. Um, I love this time of year. Games just come thick and fast. And Leicester just keep winning and winning and winning, Matt. I mean, you can't ask for much more. Getting crazy, guys. And it it, it really is, uh, I mean, from week to week, it just seems like somebody else has taken the reins for this team and performing. And yeah, we, we had two great performances um one was uh today like we mentioned we'll get into Millwall uh, if you're listening to this we are recording on Wednesday night uh but before that on Saturday we had a match against the Plymouth Pilgrims and it had been a very very long time since we had played those guys and uh there were some questions heading into the lineups what, what was going to come out what was who was going to get to start with you know some several key players missing from the side and uh, for a Saturday uh, match that I, I was actually back uh, home on the farm in Ohio with my family. So shout out to my wife that got everything going for the San Diego Foxes with the laptop and everything. Uh, Chris, Ali uh, did well for you guys. Mate, she was amazing as always. Um, yeah, we missed you. We were we were trying to figure out what how you were watching the game. Like whether you were just like projecting it on the side of a barn or whether you were like just what you were doing. And it was kind of great. Uh, but no, we missed you. But shout out to the missus, uh, to you, Mrs. Ali. She was a superstar. And um, we had a great turnout for, again. And so shout out to everybody that came by. And um, yeah, I look again, look forward. Christmas is such a great time for football. I mean, Boxing Day, New Year's Day, those opportunities yeah. to kind of spend it around. Mm -hmm. Your friends watching the city is just wonderful. Yeah, so got had went back to Ohio to see the family. Uh, like to go before Christmas gets crazy and traveling and all that. So uh, yeah, shout out to Allie. And for those that know her, you know that we start well in 2013, and uh, so she's been on the Lester ride for a long time and fell in love with the club thanks to David Nugent. So it takes a special lady to get up at. Uh, about 5 a.m. And, and head to the bar to watch soccer with some crazies, let alone set up a laptop with an HDMI cord. So shout out to uh, my lovely wife. Uh, Jason, how was it uh, at the le wonderful Legends uh, on Saturday against Plymouth? Were you able to make that one? I, I was there downstairs at Legends at the Football Factory, and uh, it was a really good turnout. And uh, and just great to to watch a, uh, a score line like that with, uh, with other folks, too. There's nothing better than celebrating getting a chance to celebrate four goals uh it almost feels like five goals right when you yeah. when you win a penalty it almost feels like you're celebrating a goal and then when you score a penalty you get to do it again so i agree and and because of just the diversity of the fan groups that that are at legends i i have to ask are new york pilgrims did they show up to any plymouth uh, fans in new didn't york city? see didn't see any plymouth but there were there was um uh, a rather special guest uh, in town 
uh, Mr. Dean Smith. At, uh, yeah, you want to uh, tell that story a, a little? That's... After his cup of coffee with uh, with Lester was actually in town, uh, hanging out there for the day. Um, I think he was there mostly for the uh, for the Villa game, but was able to to meet him and, and, and chat with him for a little while. And don't leave us hanging. Nice guy, pleasant. Super, super nice guy. I think he was a little uh, nervous at first. Uh, wasn't sure what I was about to say to him after I told him I was a Leicester fan. I think, he, but then you know, once you know, I think I, I reassured him that none of us would hold relegation <laughs> against him. And we knew he was going to hand it a a very, very um, rough job. Uh, he he um, he lightened up. Uh, very quickly, and uh, he was an absolute gentleman and, and super, super nice guy. So uh, it was just announced that that he's going to take over Charlotte FC. So I guess uh, en route to uh, signing away, um, signing a deal down there, he stopped off in uh, in New York to have some some pints and, and watch some football, and, and and soak in all the love from the Villa fans. I think that's probably more it. As if he needed another reason to hang with the New York Foxes and and check out Legends Bar and and the Football Factory, you you could just run into random Leicester uh, managers for yeah. for how long they no matter how long they manage the club. Yeah, yeah, you have some some random you know sightings came in last year. Simon Grayson was was in town, and you know he, he had a you know w- with us as well. Um, yeah, so you never know who you're who you're going to see there. But I do have to just uh, say something to. Uh, to Rick Flair of uh, Big Strong Lester Boys podcast, I do think seeing him up close, I think Dean Smith pays a lot more than four quid for his haircut. It did, it did look like he had a, a very nice trim. Oh man, it's, we've got we've got a personal side on it, Chris. And, uh, somebody that's actually seen it in person. I love that idea that he flies into New York to get a haircut, watch the Villa game, and then head down to Charlotte. That, that would be great. That seems like a, such a Dean Smith move. I mean, maybe now he's making that MLS money. You know, he's he's pointed <laughs> up for a salon. Yeah, that's crazy. So good luck to Dean at Charlotte. Um, but yeah, guys, diving into the game, I, I think the, the first thing that caught everybody kind of off guard uh, was the fact that we saw Pats and Daka finally make his debut. And if you listen to the pod last week, uh, we, we had speculated on it, uh, what was going to be done with Pats and Daka and fighting a way into this side and uh, taking advantage of some guys being out. Yeah, yeah, it was um, interesting because uh, he, he did show a little bit of uh, ring rust, I guess, early in the game. He was having trouble getting his footing and holding on to the ball. But it was very clear early on that his movement was just going to be so key for us. And he was able to get into so many great positions, able to, to pull players, uh, defenders out of position and then quickly take that space again. Uh, it was really just like he, he was so dynamic out there. And I think that also freed up our wing play um, a lot. And uh, you really cannot ask for more uh, from any striker in, in any situation, let alone a guy that's been frozen out of the squad as long as he has. I mean, he it was, a, it was as good of a game as you can ex- you know expect from, from a striker really was incredible and i think you know we 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 kind of talked about it uh in the group message but watching um him create the spaces that we've seen um you know nacho and vardy be able to make but then his ability to you know fill that in just like that like it be there and take advantage of that space is something that you know vards's age or nacho's play style just doesn't seem to click as well and man chris we saw he, he's doing a hell of a job thus far yeah i mean that was the concern what i think that was the concern for everyone under enzo was going to be did pat did daka have the ability to hold it up play drop deep play with the midfield and then do his game, which is obviously turning defenders and using his pace. And um, I think I think we got a good, in a weird way, it was a good situation in the sense that I think earlier in the week, early in the week, we kind of knew that Vardy and Inacho, I think he, uh, Enzo said they were go- both going to be out. So there was obviously time on the, on the training field to think about how we use Dakar, think about some of the things that we could do with him. And I think obviously the the goal 
in itself is a great example of, I think, of something that came off the training field and something that was very deliberate and how they set it up. And um, yeah, he was great. I think both of these two games have shown that he is a very, very, very viable option for us. And um, it was nice to see the celebration again. I was disappointed on Saturday when I like, don't get me wrong, I like the knee slide. I'm a big fan of the knee slide, but are you going to give me you're going to give me the somersault and the flip. Yes, please. I'll have that every single day. Well, he, he hooked you up with that today, uh, at least. So at least you got your fill of that today. And I, I tell you what, we we talked about, you know, this depth and extra players and the need for it. And boy, we're just seeing it in droves this year, guys. Uh, players filling in and not only, you know, being there to take the spot, but taking, you know, advantage of getting a chance to be in the side and thus for, you know, creating really tough decisions for Enzo. Um yeah, just super, super stoked for him. And, you know, to see that that smile, that's one of the best smiles in Leicester City history that boy has. So I, uh, I it's it's great to see him. Uh, we also get to see the debut for uh, our other striker. Tom Gannon gets a uh, chance to come on. Your boy, man. Your boy. Finally I, gets his go. <laughs> my boy. Yeah, I've been dying to just be able to say, you know, a cannonball. Uh, had happened and unfortunately not yet thought we might see one today against Millwall but uh, it, it was leading to good things so yeah guys uh, right away this depth is it's huge and being able to plug holes with guys like this is something that you know is not only great now but uh, when AFCON happens here in a month or so it's going to be big to have hopefully Vardy healthy and have Cannon as well Jason yeah I mean talk about timing right for DACA to come into the side and just get a few weeks with us before, <laughs> well, A, the January transfer window opens, and then, you know, AFCON starts. So hopefully we get, we get you know, a bit more of this out, out of him. And, and who knows, maybe this kind of changes the calculus for the club or, or for other clubs that were looking at him, you know, to see that he can still play at this level. Um I don't know if it makes the club kind of rethink his place in the squad or if it makes a um, a buying club who who may have been hesitant about picking him up when he's going to leave for an international tournament. It might kind of spur them into to action. So um, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what we do with our strikers uh, over the January window. Yeah, there's there's uh, a lot of cake to go around, uh, as it were. So it, it, who knows what's going to happen, guys? Um, on on Daka's goal, though, did want to shout out. What about a pass from Mads Hermanson? Uh, goodness gracious, he, he, what the guy is developing into is someone that is one of our damn best passers on the team, Jason. It was a great great pass, and you know what? I, I think that 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 game hopefully quieted a lot of the you know enzo critics out there we've been hearing just a just a ridiculous amount about not there not being a plan b etc and the style being boring and i'm sorry i just don't i just don't see it i think there's folks just not understanding the type of football that he's trying to play and we're not always trying to slow down and build up from the back and you can see that like when there's when there are opportunities to get up the pitch quickly when there are gaps and the spaces in there, we will do it. Um, and a key to that play was look at where um, if, if you rewatch that, that goal, look at where Daka starts. Yeah. He's yeah. like sitting in the number six position, yeah. kind of like as in a defensive midfield position, and then just yeah. takes off like Usain Bolt and just goes down the pitch. Mads Hermanson sees it. I'm, I'm guessing this was some sort of set play here. And they, they yeah. noticed something going on. Um, with, with Plymouth, uh, Hermanson makes a great pass. Fatau, I mean, takes it down and touches it over. It's a hell of a play by, by Fatau. And I thought he had another outstanding game. And, and then Daka, you know, cleans it up. He, he's been getting into all the positions. And uh, it, was a, it was a really great goal. And um, us putting four in in the game, we probably could have scored more. Um, and, and scoring some direct goals like that hopefully just kind of makes people realize, like, um, you know, that they should kind of take a look at these tactics a little bit differently. And maybe, maybe just try to, you know, enjoy the football again a little bit more and enjoy the results. Yeah. 
I skipped a goal there. Sorry, guys. It's <laughs> the part of the pro- problem of doing two of these games at once. We're going to some, miss some stuff. So, But it kind of leads into what I wanted to get into, and that is the play of uh, Steffi Mavaditi right now. Um, I, between him and Abdul Fatawu, guys, this is some of the most exciting offensive play that we've seen. They are so damn creative on the ball. Um, and Mavi, the skills that that guy possesses, Chris, I, he's just so exciting. Yeah, he's quick. He's quick with it. I think he's not. He's not. He's quick with his feet, and I think that's key in this league. And uh, the penalty, um, the goal, he's got the goal as well. Like you've got a guy there that is just so high on confidence at this moment in time that he thinks every time that he's got the ball, there's just a there's just a buzz around the KP. I think we all get excited when he gets the ball now. I think. Both wingers played exceptionally well on Saturday. I thought we were very, very good wide. And that was nice to see because I think we'd, we'd struggled a little bit at times. Um, I think in previous games, it was great to see that we had uh, width. And, but at the same time, they had the confidence to come inside and do the things that we wanted them to see. Get it on their strong foot. Think about a shot. Take a man on, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that was, that was, that was great. Um, I will I'll say going just to follow Jason's comments about Mads it might be weird but a 4-0 win I think he was man of the match on Saturday because I think first half especially he kept us in the game there were there were moments and saves in the first half when we were kind of we didn't play great that he was he was doing that kept it at nil nil and allowed us to push on so um yeah great great play by the wingers but to your point Matt shout out to the to to the keeper as well, because I think he was great on Saturday. Yeah, I think Mavadidi had a very good game, but it doesn't always come easy for him. And and some of that, I think, has to do with um, the kind of offsetting formation that we play. And, you know, he's not uh, as powerful or pacey as, as Fatau. Um, and there was room for him. He was feeling it against, against Plymouth, and, and he had an outstanding game. It was a little tougher for him against Millwall, like it has been for some games. Uh, but some of that has to do with kind of the, the space that he gets. Um, you know, Fatawu on the right side clears up a lot of space and has a, plays a lot of these kind of one-twos with Ndidi in very advanced positions, sometimes like sending Ndidi to the, to the byline. And Dewsbury Hall on the other side doesn't really make that same run for Mavadidi doesn't kind of give him that space or doesn't give the fullback something else to think about. So a lot of times where, where Fatao gets that space and can have the one-on-one Mavadidi isn't always afforded that, but he really made the most of, of his opportunities. And he did have an outstanding game. Yeah. The cut cut-ins from those two, it was just a lot of fun to watch. Also loved seeing uh, James Justin. Uh, that boy was putting in the damn work on Saturday. I mean, I don't think he stopped running the entire game, Jason. Yeah. You know, that was something that we all like looked at each other, you know, at the, at the factory and said like, does he look like he's kind of getting back to his like old self? Because he, he was flying up the pitch at, at some points in the game. And, and for me, it's like those little things that you look at, uh, look for with, with, with Justin, just like those little signs, like when he scored that goal earlier in the season, you know, got high up off the ground, had a nice header. It's like, okay, okay, he's, he's getting yeah. back. It's going to, you know, it's going to take some time. And then seeing some of those runs um, uh, on Saturday where, where those are just more encouraging signs. And, and hopefully we'll get to see the pre-injury JJ again, because I think he was one of the best fullbacks in the country. Yeah, JJ, uh, a star for you as well, Chris. I mean, he's got a special place in all Leicester fans' hearts. So uh, yeah, I seeing think, him I th- get back to that level would be... Yeah, I think it's taken him some time to get used to the system. I think he traditionally was someone that probably played more of a standard fullback or that kind, or maybe one of the three. And that was where his strengths were, I think. And I think he's had the time now to adapt. And I think, to Jason's point, he's got the... He's just understanding now that in this system... As a defend, as as a as a fullback in this system, or whatever you want to call, they are. There's an expectation that you're going to be playing more in the opponent's half than you are in our half, and I think that's one of the big things that I think he's getting now, and he's willing to push forward. Um, 
I mean, I didn't, I'm not sure what he would did it. Did it say that he was injured today? The reason why he didn't play, or well, is it just getting a rest? I'm well, he, sure. he did come on, so I think it was more of like rotate rotating the squad. Cool, rotating the squad. Yeah, and I mean, so I think we need to because he's played every game. What since since um, the injury? Yeah, um, so I think yeah, I think good stuff from JJ. To your point, Matt. Yeah, he's, a, he's one of those players that we've just loved seeing in a Leicester shirt. I mean, we we saw him play get to that position where he was fighting for an England squad place and then has just had bad luck ever since that point. And so, yeah, hopefully he can get the remainder of this season under his belt without injuries and can hopefully look forward to a, another few seasons with us in the Premier League. Yeah, so I'm um, Avi uh, Brace. Uh, we spoke about Daka's uh, amazing goal and then we get an Ndidi goal on top of that and all this happens in the span of about what felt like six seconds um just dominance when we're pouring it on that's what we've been waiting for all year just grabbing the shit by the throat and you know taking control of the game it was just so good to see and yeah anytime indeed he's putting him in the net sign me up we had the uh superhero mask uh celebration it was just perfection love to see indeed he scored chris yeah i mean you can't <laughs> this guy is just it's it's giving you the vibes of Ndidi from two or three years ago. That lad that played CDM for us that was just considered one of the top players in the Premier League when he when he was part of that squad. Like the the energy, the way he gets up and down the pitch is just bringing back those memories. And he he has a natural ability to get in the right position, whether or not that. And I don't know how he does it, but for as Jason pointed out earlier, whether it's slipping and getting a pass down the flank so he can whip across in or whether it's just being in the area at the right time to take advantage of a loose ball um he's he's found that opportunity this season and adding the goals to his game has been a revelation for us and yeah it, i'm still gonna say he's my player of the season so far going into december and uh hopefully he can have a great christmas for us and then if we lose him in january um we kind of try and find it's going to be a big loss i think yeah. that's that's going to be a big thing if he didn't score that goal i think he would have been tormented for the rest of his life because <laughs> he had a wide open net in the first half and couldn't put it away and i think that would have eaten away at him oh, forever and we yeah. may not we may have lost indeedy for good like <laughs> that that's the kind of miss that will just torment the man's soul but uh so i'm, I'm was very very happy for him that that he did yeah, other notable things. Uh, we saw the debut of Ben Nelson. Big Ben uh, made his debut for the for the club. Well, he's been at the club for 10 years, right? And, and so this is kind of what, if you're a fan of a club and you're, you're seeing the sort of the investments that are made in, in Seagrave, you want to see kids coming out of the academy. And um, it's a great sign for, for other young players in the squad that like, hey, you stick with this you can have an opportunity here. And it's also, you know, Enzo has shown all season that he will put, you know, put his trust in the younger players if they are ready to be in there in that moment. And I just thought it was just a really nice moment for, for Ben Nelson to, to get out there, get that league appearance. Uh, what the day after he, he signs a, actually a new contract um, with the club too. So Real, real special moment for him, and I don't think he'll, he'll soon forget that day. And it was, I think, just a, a nice moment for, um, you know, local fans to, to be able to to cheer him on. He's Super a big cool. lad. He's a big lad as well. That, that's nice to see. When he yeah, came he on, you were like, Jesus, he's big. That works. <laughs> it was weird. He and Vestigard, you know, <laughs> clapping hands as they came on. It was like, Jesus Christ, look at these two. Um, so yeah, super cool, man. And then just about kind of local players, I have to give a special mention to Hamza Chowdhury. I know the front three. The front three had outstanding games. Wilfred and Didi had a, had a great game too. But I think um, Hamza coming in and doing as well as he did in that role, um, and it's a complicated position to play in. Uh, I think that was key for us. And he he directly, like, he made plays that led to two goals. He was all over the pitch. He was tidy with the ball. He kept winning the ball back. And he was just such a just good physical presence out there and and really just, like, controlled the midfield and, uh, and, and made 
Plymouth's players very uncomfortable. And just the whole game, I was like everywhere I looked, Hamza was there. And uh, I, I just, I really, really thought that that he had a, had an outstanding game. He's really, honestly, like I think a good word for it is refining his game. Yeah. Uh, we've seen the, the steps and leaps and bounds that he has made. And, you know, he always had his reputation as a, as a bruiser, if you will, just a punishing center defensive mid. But now we're just we're seeing what Enzo is, you know, helping him flower into. And it's it's incredible. A, a guy that, you know, is making amazing off ball runs, um, putting himself into positions, reading plays. Uh, it's 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 just really cool to see. And man, that's a great shout, Jason. Chris, anything you want to say about Hamza? Yeah, I think he he. We said at the beginning of the season it was going to be players like him that I think were going to be key as squad members to ensure that we could survive just the the length of this season. I think you're seeing that. I think Enzo must love him because of his versatility. You can pull him in. At right back and he can play that kind of inverted fullback position you can pull him in as a cdm we can play him a little bit further forward he gives you so many opportunities to just plug and play with that lad and i think the other thing as much as i think refinement is a great way of describing him i think the other thing as well that i love about him he's still not afraid to kick someone yeah. and i think oh, hell no i still think that's something that we and I think we're getting better, but I still don't think we're there yet. We still need to be super, way more aggressive at times, like not be afraid to kick anyone. And I think there were moments in that Plymouth game, especially I think in the first half where the ball was towards the touchline where the camera is, where he was getting feisty. He was sticking his bum in the way. He was giving it the elbows. Like, that's what I want to see. I think more of that from Hamza over Christmas. Yes, please. Yeah, we've seen, <laughs> yeah, that, that famous tackle earlier in the year that set up a certain free kick. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. He, he's doing it. He's doing it big. Hey, you have to take, you're going to take it on the chin, though, aren't you? For, like, every one of those moments, you're going to get the opposite happen at the other end of the pitch. Or you're going to make that tackle that instills a break or just does something. So, no, I'm all. I'm with you on that, Chris. 100%. I like that attitude. I like players that that play a little mean. I don't want to kind of handcuff a player like Hamza and, and take that part of his game away from him because Absolutely. there's so many. I think we will get we there's so many other benefits to having a player like that. That you know, hey, occasionally he's going to make a tackle that maybe he shouldn't, and it might lead to a goal. But I think overall, he's you know helping us. Um, create more goals than, than we're conceding, conceding but by playing that way. Absolutely. I wanted to uh, go ahead and take this moment then to, to I think we're wrapping up Plymouth. So we wanted to send it to the, our man at the match, Mr. Ollie McLean, who was uh, there to witness uh, that four nothing win on Saturday. Hey Matt, how you as Foxy's hope all as well as usual. And I hope you're all feeling as festive as I am. And as happy as I am that we're top of the league after that 4 0 win um, at home to Plymouth. Um, yeah, it's so good to finally see Daka getting a start and he's proved it with a goal and an assist. It's so, so good to finally see Tom Cannon coming on, making an appearance. He didn't get much, but it's a start. Um, so good to, to see him. It's, yeah, I was, I was buzzing to see him coming on. Um, no negatives at all. I don't think from uh, from Saturday's game, a, a clean sheet, a four 0 win, top of the league. You can't you can't have many complaints. Uh, but yeah, still buzzing, and I'm just uh, yeah, I just can't wait for the next game on uh, on Wednesday against Millwall at home as well. Um, so yeah, each game is just getting more and more exciting in that build up to the. To the big clash on uh, Boxing Day. That's going to be a, it's going to be a feisty game. That, and I'm buzzing for it. So yeah, up the bastard foxes. <laughs> Is there anyone better that can encapsulate uh, what you're feeling? Uh, he's just the best. Man, I forgot how cold it is in Leicester when he's talking and all oh, you can hear. I've been a video, guys. All you can see is just the cold, the the cold air coming out of his out of his mouth as he's talking. God, it looked freezing. But yeah, no, I love Ollie's positivity for the club in that sense, and that's great. And uh, yeah, shout out Ollie, um, dude. You're gonna drink an IPA with me at some point this season, I promise. 
I just love the way he signed off up the Bassett Foxes. <laughs> I know. It's classic, man. Uh, as in, and that was a perfect lead into, as he said, he was excited for today, a Wednesday night matchup against uh, Mighty Millwall. Uh, I'll tell you what, the Husky Chocolate Boys, that's got to be one of my favorite shirt sponsors uh, in the league. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty. It's a pretty good one, Chris. Are you familiar with the Husky brand? Is that uh, one that you're a fan of? I, you know what, Matt? I've ne- I don't think I am. I've never really, I've never heard of it. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm completely bamboozled as well. Same. I, I, I'm thinking there are, are, there's only a limited number of sponsors that, that may want to be associated <laughs> with, with them. So that, that might explain Husky Chocolate <laughs> being inflated yeah. across their shirts. For sure. Uh, well, anyway, uh, boys came in and uh, they go up early, one nothing. Um, I, I got to be honest with you, it was one of those games where I, it's a Wednesday and I'm training, so I did my thing where I have to listen to the match uh, and the and the wonderful sounds of John and Jerry, who just you know, like we've said before, Jerry's sultry voice, Jerry Taggart's sultry voice is just. It'll get you through a work day when you're trying to listen. So we go down early, one nothing. Jason, uh, you kind of want to give a play-by-play on what went wrong. I, I know it was an incredible header. Yeah, well, just we were dicking around at the back. And Vestergaard made, you know, a, a cross-pitch pass that, that didn't need to be made. And it was a hell of a finish. Um, and I just think that, um, you know, we started the game like really, really brightly. And uh, Millwall didn't have much time, you know, in our end. And it was just, uh, I think that just, you know, when Chris was talking about kind of have to kind of take some of the bad with with lots of the good, um, it seems to be a recurring theme when we do play that back four. When we play Cody, Vestergaard, Justin, um, and Foss. Like when we, when we play the four just straight defenders and, and, and in, into this role, uh, into, into this formation, we, we just, you know, it takes them a little while to kind of get used to each other and where everyone's going to be and what the right pass is. Um, but, you know, I really just two, two moments of two lapses. Uh, but otherwise, I do think that they, you know, were really solid and and we did really control the game. It was just two lapses. And unfortunately one happened so early in the game, but I didn't feel like we were, I I, I was very confident that, that we were going to win. So confident. In fact, that um, I put a live bet down when we went down one. No. Yes. Well done. So, yeah, I mean, it was just one of those moments. It was a hell of a finish. Kind of the the you know player wasn't even facing the goal. Kind of flicked it back, and um, not much the keeper can do. But I think the difference between this squad and and a lot of other other you know teams, especially some of those Brendan teams, were that the, they didn't panic. They didn't um, uh, or and didn't put their heads down. Just like okay, we're just gonna get right back to business. We see where some of the weaknesses are, and um, yeah, and then they just went and took control of the game again. Like like that goal didn't even happen. And I think that's the best approach when you give up a call that early. Yeah, short memories are something that we've seen all year. I mean, Chris, I mean, I can't remember exactly the most borough or what, but you know, we go down early to because of a stupid mistake and has been a recurring theme this year. I'd say 90 plus percent of our goals this year have come off of mistakes of this system, playing in the back, bad passes, something like that. And it happened again today, Chris. Well, I put I put this goal more under your the the worldy category. I mean, Jason summed it up like it's a hell of a finish from the lad. He's not even looking in the right. He's not even looking in the, the way he flicks it on over his with his head. I mean, that's he puts it in the one place where where the keeper's not going to get it, and I think the yeah I'd I'd put that under the category again of being of being scored on by absolute freak worldy goals because yeah. I guarantee if that lad did it ten nine times out of ten it ain't going there and so right. <laughs> yeah I mean Jason's right like yeah if if you're gonna if we are gonna make mistakes at the back it, it's gonna happen I think it's it's a good point you make as well about this this change in formation at the back and what it does in the way that we are passing it. Well, I'm not quite sure 
why this is the case, but this seems to be more of a trend versus kind of unique things. And I think it it's tough because I think these these games come so thick and fast that Enzo knows he needs to make changes to make sure his squad is fit and we minimize chances of injury. But at the same time, I think to your point, Jason, it, it maximizes these opportunities of liabilities where we are we do something stupid or we I don't know what it is. We just we just make that wrong pass that puts us in prone to we happened at Chef Wednesday as well. Didn't it didn't they play the same formation at Wednesday as well? Did we play this at Wednesday? It's similar. Well we played that, you know, I think it was Cody Vestigar and Foss also together. Yeah. Uh, in that game too. And you know, we were just it wasn't the standard back four that we play. And, you know, when you don't have that familiarity that you, that you have when we play our standard lineup, it, like these, these mistakes are going to happen. Yeah, and I, it's, it's, it's crazy, though, when you look at how that, you know, we go down in that goal, uh, halftime happens, and then kind of the same thing. Like, I, Enzo, earlier in the year, we were, we were struggling coming out at halftime. Like, we would come out after the, the you know, the half, and, and we, it looked like we had stayed in the locker room many times. And, man, it, it's just the opposite right now. That's the way this team is playing. Uh, Vestergaard gets a start in the 48th minute, kind of a ball that's bouncing all around. And uh, I don't know, do we give it to Vesti, Jason? I mean, what what do you it, see there? It looked like it would look like it was his his goal. Um, I just do want to kind of backtrack quickly. So I think the story of the first half, aside from that goal, was Fatou. He was the best player on the pitch by a mile. He had the Millwall players on skates. He drew two yellow cards in a space of like, you know, 10 minutes, I think within 10 minutes, probably should have drawn a second yellow card. Definitely should have drawn a penalty. Penalty, yeah. He was unplayable. And then we were texting in the, in the group chat, like, just keep feeding him the ball. Um, this Millwall could not handle him. And yeah, I don't know who that left back was, but Jesus, that I that was just horrible to watch. He he was putting on, I mean, between the legs, around the end, I every move that you could imagine, guys. This dude was it was not a good day at work for him. Yeah, I mean, he was outstanding, and I think we were just very very unlucky to not get one back before before halftime. But you can just see that we were just in control of the game, held the ball the whole time. Fatawu just had them so nervous. They had to sit back. They had to bring in an, uh, another defender, you know, or a midfielder there to cover. They played five across the back, which was not what they usually played, what they usually play. And uh, we kept the ball in their half. Okay. And it was just a matter of time before we made um, made that breakthrough. And then when we get into the second half, Fatawa actually didn't do a whole lot in the second half because they were so nervous about him and had yeah. to cover but uh, Enzo then moves Ricardo higher up the pitch. So we get that man advantage in the attacking spaces. And then Jack, that just, that Millwall had no answer. Millwall subbed out, they subbed out their left back, who was on the yellow. He just, right. he couldn't handle it. And he was such a liability. And they put extra attention on them, but then moving Ricardo into that space because they were so consumed by, Fitawu just completely opened up the game and gave us an, uh, an extra man advantage all over the attacking pitch. And Millwall had no answer for that. It was crazy too. I mean, he, he, def- he should have had for, he should have had to assist in the first half. I mean, like he puts Tadaka uh, on the, on a uh, corner that looked like it was straight off, you know, the uh, straight out of Seagrave. Daka makes a run across the box on a, a straight ball to him and, he kind of gets it jumbled up in his feet and puts it wide. And then earlier on, Fatal puts a perfect ball to Ndidi, who who ends up skying it. So uh, this kid is a weapon. We said this is the new Fatal fan club at the, on the pod, and we mean it, Chris. I mean, this it's some of the most exciting play we've seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean, just listen back to all last year when we were screaming about the need to have a winger. Um, he was, yeah, ex- excellent. He's just had a... He's just having a great. He's having a great season. Um, it it was nice to see. It'd be interesting to see how much of a run he gets in the side coming up. Um, and you know Enzo has really liked to rotate around these positions in the wing on the wing, and so it'll be interesting to see whether he does the same. But based on these last two performances, he's probably 
number but number one on the team sheet at the minute, isn't he? So um yeah, great, great performances. I think to if we're okay moving on to the second half, um, from what I saw, yeah, Matt, I mean you come out of the blocks racing again, which is all we can ask for in those situations. I mean, I think Enzo said in his post-match that we were much better second half. I think ultimately it was, I think Jason said it right, we made a couple of tactical switches. But at the same time, like, to your point, Matt, that you've echoed all year, like, you knock on the wall long enough, in this league, eventually it's going to crumble. Like, Millwall played... They were very disciplined in their approach. They, as I said, they changed their formation from what they normally do. They were looking to try and minimize and just pull a low block in. And eventually we're going to break it. And I think the key as well, again, for some of the for the goals was um, the ability for us to look for a decisive pass and move it quickly. And that is often, that was the whole thing we were missing last year was it was just so slow. And here, KDH for the one where we're, for Docker's goal, like, it's he gets the ball, he spins, and then he lays the ball through. And that's what you need in those situations. Look for the space, pick out the man and make a move. And we did that. And yeah, I mean, it was it's great to see. I think I echo Jason. Like you look at the score, you're one nil down, but you're like, this team has the confidence to know and you know that it's gonna come. And it's gonna and once it comes, it's one, it's two, it's three, it's three points, top of the league. Most points in the history of the championship after what 21 games, like we're breaking records and it's, we're doing it just kind of deliberately and incisively, which is great. And uh, we're also just wearing teams down. Like it just, I don't know how you can chase a ball that long and just not just, physically or mentally break down and in some cases both and i mean we we had over five times as many passes <laughs> as, that's great as well now listen i i, I you know i not it's not possession doesn't equal you know you know there's no passing you know you don't get points on the table for 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 passes but to hold the ball for to have 78 percent of the ball possession i thought it was actually higher to complete five times as many passes as them, um, it just, you know, it just wore them down. And I think that's actually part of the reason why we gave up the goals that we did, because I just don't think we were switched on defensively because it didn't have to really be. And and I think that's why we gave up that that goal at the end of the game because it just the, the back line didn't need to be as as plugged in. Um, but it was. Um, it was a, you know, we, we, we made it interesting at the end, but it was just a, a really thorough performance. Um, and I think that that scoreline really did flatter Millwall. Yeah, the, it, it really, that was, if anyone that watched or listened to that game, it, there was nowhere near on paper as, as it looked. And you shouted out Daka's goal. That was a unique one. He kind of launches through the air and taps it in. What a, what a pass too, Jason. But, it, you know, it's, Indeed, getting into that position in the first place, right? Getting right. so far up the pitch and covering all that space, and then getting the ball across, and and then uh, you know Daka having the energy to, to get there and make that run. Daka again being in a, two players that have just being that just in the right position all the yeah. time, and that's what made that goal. Uh, uh, Ricky P rounds out the scoring for us, depending on <laughs> Ricky P would say he rounds out the scoring for us, but again, a contested goal there, Jason, uh, who are you giving it to? Who, Wilfred and Didi in the right place at the right time to bump that <laughs> yeah. off of his hip. And get yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy, you know, he's just always where you need him to be. Um, it looked like a nice shot by, by, Ricardo that would have kind of bent into the far post. And I don't think the keeper was going to save it, but I think there was enough of a deflection and a change in direction on the shot that I have to give it. I'd have to give that to, to Wilf. Chris, you, you're know. giving it to Wilf too. You going with it. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think Jason's right. I mean, it, I think the I think the keeper would have had a good chance at grabbing it if it hadn't 
just taking that deflection as Jason points out. So I, yeah, I, I think, I think it is one of those goals where I know he came out after the game and said he wanted it, but I'm not, I'm not sure whether it's going to stand. <laughs> that means one, of, one of those ones where the jury or the committee or whoever it is decide on that at some point. But it's good to see like the, like the players joking around with each other about this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, even though Fatawa didn't get on the score sheet, he's out there flipping around with Daka. You know, Chris, you got your backflips from, from I did, Daka. Yeah. Like the the guys really are enjoying their football. And I mean, it's been a very long time since we saw a Leicester team play like that and act like this. Yeah. And uh and for me as a fan, I mean, I, I love seeing it. And I think we have a really great cast of characters and up and down the squad. There are names of players that want to be there. Uh, what else can you? And, and they're winning, and they're winning at a record pace. Yeah, one other event that I did uh, want to give a shout out to was uh, Yannick Vestergaard free kick today. Uh, if you haven't got a chance to watch it, guys, don't miss it. And it might not be for the reason that you know. If you didn't see, you might be thinking, you know, Robert Huth uh, back in the days free kick. But no, this I tell you what, when he stepped up, it was him and KDH over the ball, and I was like, it looks like it's going to be Vestergaard here. And sure enough, he hits a little dipper. I mean, a little bit more pace on it. I think it has a, a legitimate chance of going in. But let, I we got to give credit it where it's due. It now he's a free. Now he's hitting free kicks. He did it earlier in the season as well. I don't remember whether it was the Cardiff or the Hall game or something, but I remember him standing over it from like 35 yards and having a go as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, God. I just cap off the year of Vestergaard 35-yard free kick. A la David Luiz, let's go. Yeah, I think we will see him put one in, a la David Luiz, or, or maybe even a la Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> I, I'm here for it, and uh, shout out to our boy Paul. Uh, in the Dallas Foxes, who got his brand new Vestigard jersey that he uh, sent and showed us in the group chat this week. So I'm sure that uh, Paul sending those positive vibes from the Texas Foxes down there only helped uh, the Big Dane in his battle this week. Uh, moving on, guys. Anything else, Jason? Uh, well, I don't know if you were going to get to the the goal we gave up, but you know. Well, I kind of it's. Ninety third minute, Millwall, you know, makes the scoreline yeah, look, look. It was look just, better, I guess. Yeah, like you know, like we, we're still Leicester City, you know. At the <laughs> end of the day, we are going to give up some some goals off of set pieces, and I just think that, like, you know, the the, the game probably felt like it was in the bag for you know Hermanson for Vestergaard, who kind of missed the header and then wasn't really like you know another one, another sloppy. More of a ball gets in the box, bounces around, and and it and it goes in. But um, I have no, you know, this is also what happens when you have a young keeper, and we're you know playing a back line that wasn't totally familiar. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's gonna. This is gonna be something I'm be interested to see. Like as we get towards the end of the season, like do do we actually like cut that habit out? And and let's let's see if you know. Enzo thinks that's worth talking to the, the players about and kind of, you know, hammering home. Like, if we're going to see it aside, let, let, like, see it again, we're going to see it all the way through. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, guys, moving on, we got Birmingham on Monday. Uh, and it's it's been quite a long time since we played these guys in a league match. Uh, I was looking earlier and, and, and telling the boys – uh, reading out the side for the last time that we played them, and it's 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 a hell of a team. Uh, just real quickly, Schmeichel, Delat, Kincheski, Morgan, Wazel, uh, Maddie James, Drinky, Lloyd Dyer, Naki, Nugent, and Vardy. That is a starting eleven of Lester Dreams right there. And man, what a side! So, what are you guys' thoughts heading in? First of all, anything oh, about that? You want to? I don't know. Did just get hot in here, or is it? <laughs> I'm heating up. I'm heating up. That Oof. Paul Kincheski, uh smiles. It does things to you. Chris, what do you guys say about that side? It brings back memories, doesn't it? It really does bring back memories. Um, how many years ago was that, that Matt? Sorry. That, no, that was uh, 2014, 28th of January. And here's a substitution for you. A very young Riyad Mahrez being subbed on for Lloyd Dyer in the 72nd. Oh. Just think about that, Leicester fans. We went from Lloyd Dyer, Lloyd Dyer, who was absolutely inc- 
pace. Insane, yes. Insanely pace down that left-hand side to Riyad Mahrez. We had riches at that that time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Great. I mean, uh, I mean, I just want to battle them Monday. I know you've got Rooney, you've got Brady, you've got the whole shebang. Just let's go out and smash them. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to it's going to be. T- I mean, Birmingham away isn't a isn't an easy place to go. I mean, um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can go out and smash them on Monday. Yeah, it's going to be. You know, they just won today. I think playing away there is going to be tough. I think you know we may rotate again or. Um, Actually, I don't know because we do have we don't play again. We we have a little bit of time right after the, yeah. you know after the Birmingham game, so uh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be tougher, I think, than it looks on paper. But you know, there's something else a little you know riding on this game, and um, you know, I have to be you know full team Becky going into the game on Monday <laughs> to see you know as we're going to face off against Rooney, so. Um, you know, there's something else kind of riding on the line here, a little bit of, of, of pride, I think, um, here too. So, um, you know, you, you, we got to, you know, you may not agree with someone, but you got to support your own. And uh, I, I will be there hoping that the boys get three points and and do it for Becky. Do it for Becky. Uh, is there, I, I think I would imagine there's a pretty sizable Birmingham, New York group down at Legends. No, 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 right. not really. Not, not really. Well, you know, it's a, it's a, um, Villa have, have a big group there too. So they're, they're uh, probably not trying to, uh, gotcha. you know, be there. To <laughs> make, play. It, just leave the, leave the problems. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, guys, team Becky on Monday, uh, you know, these midweek games are, they're tough for the U S Foxes, uh, whether you're working or you've got stuff going on, but definitely if you can try to get together, I know, Chris, you said, uh, were you going to try and make it to the blue foot on Monday? We're going to give it a spin, Matt. It's Christmas after all. That's I'm going to do my best to get down to, to, I mean, it, I just think back to when, whenever this was announced, you had the guys at sky thinking this was the ultimate wag because it was, it was just after everything it was the whole shebang rudy signs for birmingham first thing they do move the leicester game straight yeah. away to a monday night i know and so yeah no um we've been we've been eyeing this one up in the calendar for a while so yeah hopefully we'll be able to sort some out down down in san diego for that game i'm gonna do my best to get down too and if you're in new york um football factory would definitely be open um yeah, and actually the uh, Club World Cup semifinal um, will be on earlier in the day, and Fluminense are playing in that, and uh, they have a pretty big group, so I know that they'll be up for it. So um, it may seem like a nothing kind of Monday, but I'm sure it'll be, it'll be a big, <laughs> big, fun time at the factory. Right. So if you can get out of work a little early, or if you're you're in town on, on holiday or on vacation up here, uh, get down. We'll have the game up for sure. Yeah, and as always, guys, check out. Be sure to check out the other groups around the country. I'm sure the Rochester Foxes, create those crazy guys, they'll be doing something up there. And uh, check with the Philly Foxes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Check in and be sure to get with whoever you can to cheer on the boys. Uh, did want to take a quick second to uh, give a big shout out and congratulations to Union FS. Uh, the guys that are responsible for the TFO. If you're if you're not familiar, um, and and really leading you know, the chance and, and atmosphere at the KP, as it were, uh, they celebrated their 10th anniversary. Um, we, I know we have a few of our members that listen to the pod. So guys, we, we've said it all the time. Thank you for everything you do, putting in that work, doing TIFO as a former uh, TIFO leader uh, back in my MLS days. It's uh, it's a hell of a lot of work and I have the utmost respect for whoever does it. We saw earlier this year, their amazing clock tower display that just was just phenomenal so big shout out to them jason would you like to say about the boys i know you you you're a big fan as well yeah you, look it hasn't always been you know easy studying for them um you know things haven't always gone so smoothly but you know between the the club and and ufs but they've they've persevered and 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 stuck to the mission and um you know we, a lot of folks have noticed you know the clients and atmosphere all around the country and uh you know they've really stepped it up they they um fought very hard to, to have a singing section. And um, I think, you know, anyone who watched the game tonight could uh, 
see that that um, that really benefited the atmosphere uh, around the ground, and they sounded you know fantastic again. So, um, you know, there there's um, the the highlight kind of the fandom and and do their best for for to you know add atmosphere, which they do a, a hell of a job of. Uh, but also, I think one thing about Union FS that you know uh, makes them such a um, an important group is that they they really kind of show a lot of civic pride, and you know highlight um, and, and promote kind of the city of, of of Leicester and the community of Leicester, and um, and they also do a lot of good work uh, in the community as well. So. Uh, and their and their displays often, you know, reflect a um, a pride in 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 the city and a pride in 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 the the history of of the club and the history of the city too. And you know, you always hear kind of if you go around, you know, England, people love to kind of talk shit about kind of where they're from or say a place is crap. And um, Union FS is just not like that, and they're rightfully kind of proud to be from Leicester and proud to represent Leicester. And um, I think they've uh, done an outstanding job. I'm not sure very many of them thought that they'd be around in, in 10 years when they started the group, um, but it seems like they're stronger than ever. And um, um, just, uh, I think, you know, for me as a, as a fan, it doesn't get to go over as much as, I, as I'd like. Um, I, I'm very grateful for, for everything that they do do. For sure, and they really do. They do a great job of speaking uh, for the for the common fan. When you when you you know think about their display this year for Shaky that they did the um, be strong Shaky when you know he's going through his his medical issues right now. So just little things like that are incredible, Chris. Yeah, I think Jason, you you put it beautifully when you said that they're not afraid to tell the world how much they love Leicester, and that's genuinely like living away from that city um yeah you it, it's so great to see that you have part you have you have a group of lads and lasses that are just wanting to continue to demonstrate what a great place it is and i think you also said really nicely as well the food drive they do every year and all that sort of stuff they're not just thinking about the tifos as they're thinking about how can they can help and support the community through these tough times and so it's absolutely um fantastic to see and um, I know you mentioned a few of the TFOs. My favorite personally had to be the Wes Morgan one. I still I still love the fact Such that you good. Google Wes Morgan TFO Leicester and the first thing that comes up on Google is like the local Nottingham paper having a hissy fit because they had a big TFO <laughs> Wes Morgan. Absolutely brilliant. Like we're under the skin. I just love it when we're under the skin of those that small little town around the Trent. So um, yeah, kudos to the boys for that one. That's awesome. So yeah, guys, uh, as we said, congrats to them and thank you for all that you do. Uh, so Monday, guys, if you can get there, it's going to be a noon kickoff on the West Coast, 3 p.m. on the East Coast. Uh, big one against Birmingham. Do everything that you can to get there. And yeah, on that note, thank you as always for joining us on the U.S. Foxes podcast. Real quick, did want to give a shout out, almost forgot. Ladies have a big one tomorrow against Manchester United uh, in the Cup. So shout out to our Leicester ladies as they continue to look at a, a decent run in the Cup. Uh, but yeah, guys, thank you as always for joining us on the U.S. Foxes podcast. If you could take a second to hit that five-star review, it does help us to get out in front of other listeners like yourselves. And, uh, yeah, guys, from Wichita to Weston, we will see you next time on the U.S. Foxes Podcast. Peace.